Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm your host, Jess Connolly. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, a coach, and I'm obsessed with helping women take their place in the kingdom and use their God-given gifts. At Go and Tell Gals, we equip and encourage women with different tools like our Map to More guide, our group coaching program, Go Teams, and even by training other women as coaches through our licensing program. Whether you're a college student, a stay-at-home mom, a small business owner, an astronaut, or a veterinarian, our goal is that you lead this episode feeling more empowered to do what God has called you to do. We're so glad you're here and we're on your team. Let's jump into this week's episode. Hey gals, this week we have an interview with Sherea Calabras. She is a wife, a mother, a writer, and genuinely the funniest curator of TikToks online. I mean, her Friday funnies or her Make You Laugh Mondays, whatever she's doing is hilarious, but she's also crazy deep, crazy wise, and I have been incredibly blessed by getting to know her just a little bit online. You are going to love this episode. We laugh a lot. We talk about boundaries. We maybe talk about some petty internet things. And most of all, we talk about what it's like to be a woman running on mission. Enjoy. Sharia, girl, I'm so happy to see you. I wish everybody got to see your face right now. I'm thanking you for being (laughs) on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I am just so honored to get to be on Going Tail Gals. <laughs> the honor is ours. Okay, I want to hop right in because I told you I just immediately wanted to hit record because I have so many things I want to ask you. But first up, just in your own words, because you know at Going Tail Gals, we equip women in their God-given mission. I am actually so expectant and eager. I want to hear if you had to put your own God-given mission into words, what would you say it is? Oh my goodness. I mean, that's big. I would say, I know it's, it is very big, a lot of pressure. I would say that my God-given mission is to put words to the things we don't like to talk about and to contend and equip people to live softly, to suffer soft, and to stay just soft towards the Lord, towards others. I think if that was like my one thing mantra, I guess, going out, it would be like content to stay soft, be courageous enough to stay soft. That's like my thing. That's beautiful. Okay. I want to just even like dig in and pause right there. So (laughs) in your own life or in other people's lives, Do you feel like you have good markers when you're not soft anymore? Most definitely. I think that there's like big, I guess, idols of a hard heart that I can kind of perceive in myself and perceive in others. I would say the big ones would be bitterness. Another for me would be cynicism. I think that we see that a lot when you're no longer able to see or believe or expect good in others, that to me is an indicator that your heart heart has gotten hardened. And I think deeper than anything is just belief that God is not only good, but good to you. That being diminished, that fading away is the beginning of our hearts becoming hard. 
if we don't believe that God's goodness is directed to us, it's one thing to just come underneath the Christian jargon and the spiritual teachings that we know to be true. But it's another to actually believe that the character of God is directed to us, that it flows in our life, that it's intentional. When that, when we no longer hold on to that belief, we are allowing ourselves to grow hard. So that's kind of my biggest thing. Okay. So my off the cuff, immediate response as a woman, like who ministers to people on the same space that you do on the internet. And that's not our only space, but that's, that's a big space. How do you stay on the internet when I feel like right now the culture is so hard? I mean, every tenant of that that you just shared about what it looks like to stay soft, I feel like is missing from the overall corporate, like even the piece about God's goodness being for you and toward you. I feel like we're in a stage of like Christian and war. We're not even allowed to believe that. Like we're not even supposed to believe that anymore. We're supposed to believe like it's all hard and we're just out here. So I'm like, how do you keep going? Because you're, you are leading so well in this. Like, I guess my, my real honest question is how do you stay soft yourself? Mm -hmm. I don't dwell on the internet. I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but like, I think I put the internet in its proper place. And I realized that one, everyone that is talking on the internet is not talking to me because, you know, you see people, they get on their stories. They're looking at you. They, they, they are. You know, you see them, they don't see you, but you see them. And it looks like they are having an intimate conversation with you. But I have to remind myself that this person does not know the ins and outs of my story, of my life online. And there's so much information being put out and put into the internet space that it's easy to really think that every single person that's talking is talking to me. And so I find myself just like going with the motions. I think for me, I don't dwell online. I put it in its proper place. I'm online with a, for a mission. I'm online for a purpose. And that's to serve people. That's to meet people where they're at. And I think when you start to shift into being online in certain spaces, like I'm not saying everybody is online in the capacity that we are, but in our capacity, I have to remind myself that I'm online to serve people, not to be seen, not to be, you know, make a name for myself. And so I think for me, just staying soft means just like, keeping the internet where it's at, keeping it in its proper place. And then realizing that like my life offline is the most important thing. And when I pour into that and I let the online stuff be the overflow, I don't know. I just, I don't react so much. I don't like want to just like make my opinion the most important thing in the room because I'm like, this is just an overflow. This is not the wholeness of who I am. Yeah. Okay. I want to normalize something really quickly for anyone who's listening. If you're listening to Shreya and you're like, yeah, me too. Totally. You're right. But inside you're not, you know, that's not right. <laughs> if you need to hear someone say, I actually a hundred percent co-sign on everything you just said. I just don't always live it. And I feel like, especially on the podcast, I've tried to be very like genuine about Like this is a place I struggle. And so I'll often tell people I am like a student of the internet. I feel like I watch everything that happens. I don't necessarily, I think I do know people aren't talking to me. Like I'm pretty 
adequately aware of my very small place in this beautiful big world. So I don't think people are talking to me, but I am always internalizing like, okay, well, this random person that I don't even know said this. So like, how is that going to affect me and shift me? And what is happening in the whole pulse? And, and I have known really for the last two years, I've been acutely aware on a daily basis for the last six months that I need to pay less attention, but I'm just having a hard time. I'm just having a hard time, like creating that boundary and not paying attention. And so I just want to normalize for everybody else who's listening that if you're feeling corrected, but something in your spirit wants to be like, no, no, I know that I do that. You don't, we don't. And we need to put our hands up. <laughs> we actually are not doing it. <laughs> We're actually not doing it. I, I would tell someone if I was coaching them, you should spend all your time creating content. You should spend a small amount of your time consuming content. You're a leader. You should show up there to lead and serve. I was on the TikTok before, you know, so many times today I was on the TikTok. So I am in the thick with you. Yes. But I think it's like, we all know what we need to be doing. Yes. But it doesn't negate the wisdom that you're sharing. This is what I want to just capture is that I know you, you must practice it well because there's no other way that you can lead an absolute movement of softness if you're not working from a place of truth, I'll say for me, how this looks is like, you know, my main mission online is that I want to fight defeat. And so I actually cannot do my work online if I'm living in a defeated place. So I actually know that you are soft because you cannot get on a platform like that and talk about it if you're not like, unless you want to lose your soul and feel like a fraud, which I know you don't. So I'm just saying, I think we all need to Stop saying that we do what Sharia is saying, and we actually just need to do it. Thank you, God. Amen. <laughs> okay, we've been talking about boundaries, kind of gently dipping our toe into the water here on the Go and Tell Girls podcast. And I told you, to me, this has to be a piece of it because, you know, Dr. Brene Brown, she says the most boundary people are the most compassionate people. And so I would imagine not only do I look at your life online and say, She's a woman who seems like she has a solid handle on her boundaries. But I would also say your softness points to that too. How did you start setting boundaries? Have you always been a boundary person? Are you a boundary person? Am I right? Tell me yes. everything. I want to know. So I am a boundary person now, but I feel like most people who learn boundaries they have their yards wrecked before they learn boundaries. Like that's kind of how I like to look at it, right? Because boundaries are kind of fence that we put up. Like this is my house and certain people are allowed in my yard. Certain people are allowed inside. Certain people are allowed in my living room. And then there's a few people that are allowed in like my bedroom. Even though Jess, you're technically in my bedroom because I'm recording this in my bedroom. So you get the intimates, you know, but not everybody gets that. So there's levels to that. But I think for me, I realize sometimes boundaries are in fact reactionary, but that reaction, that first time when we're like, oh my gosh, I let this person into my front yard and they completely destroyed it. Like they, took, you know, they dug a hole in it. They started building their own house. Like they started, you know, <laughs> and I told them they could only stay for a little bit. You know, yeah. boundaries are reactionary. And that was what happened to me. Like I started, you know, talking about really hard things online and I did not have boundaries set up. And so I found myself in conversations that were depleting me, that were leaving me discouraged, that were making me question things I know that God had redeemed in my life. And I realized that I had to set up a boundary 
be out of love for the people that I was trying to serve and out of love for my, for, you know, who I want, knew God wanted me to be. And so my boundaries were like, you know, if I don't have these boundaries, if I don't decide what I'm going to discuss and what I'm not going to discuss or what I'm going to go into and what I'm not going to go into, I cannot love you well. I cannot minister to you well because without this boundary, I have no guard over my emotions. I have no guard over my reactions. Like I have no guard over my softness towards you and my compassion towards you. So even though it's led to fewer conversations, you know, in my DMs sometimes, even though it's led to people kind of being upset, like, well, you open this, you know, can of worms. Why can't you follow through with it? I have to be okay with those accusations because I have to know that my boundaries are the overflow of like my love for my neighbor. And that is thing. Like, it's like, I want us to stay in community. And that's why I'm putting this fence up, like be able to live across the street from me and visit any time, but you can't come into my living room and you can't tell me to change things about my living room. And you can't tell me to move the furniture in my house. Like those are the levels of boundaries that I had to navigate through that has given me so much more freedom and living on mission. Like I'm able to just be less concerned with what everybody's doing and more concerned with what God's calling me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's a random question that I didn't prep you for. I'm just curious and I can share mine because I have a thought, but in doing this work online and sharing your life online, has there been an area of your life that you've been surprised to find like, nope, that's not going to be on the internet. Like, I will actually give you mine. I was surprised to find because I'm a very boundary person. I've been obviously sharing this on the podcast so people know I'm an Enneagram 8. I love a good wall. Sometimes I have to tear them down myself, but I think they're really helpful. And so for years operating online, I've had a lot of boundaries about things I talk about, things I don't talk about, days I post, places I won't post. And going into the Breaking Free from Body Shame launch, I knew I was going to be talking about my own body a lot. I was really prepared for that. I set lots of boundaries around that, but I felt really comfortable. But I assumed at some point I'd get through that launch and feel like a little exposed or that I'd have to talk to God about it. Not once, not one time. Posted a picture of me in a bikini on a beach. Didn't care. Didn't feel a thing about it. About a month after the book launch, someone started kind of randomly commenting on my Instagram and my sister's Instagram about our relationship and like their perception of our friendship. And I realized this is a big no for me. Like I cannot have the internet weigh in on specifically my friendships in any capacity. So I just say that to say, if somebody looked at the internet and like looked at all my posts and read every story, they might think I don't have friends. <laughs> but my real life in-person friendships, my sisters, the women I do life with are such a huge part of, of my life and they are nowhere on the internet for me. Like they have to be just for me. And that really surprised me. Like I wouldn't have seen that coming. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so I think mine was, it was surprising, but it probably shouldn't have been surprising. Definitely, so my marriage, I talk about my marriage a good amount and kind of what I've walked through the seasons that I, I just walked out of. And during that time, it felt appropriate. Like I felt released by the Lord to share that. I 100% felt like God was giving me the go ahead. Shreya, you can talk about this online. You know, you can somewhat process what you're going through. But it's like reconciling with my husband. I have felt a strong need to set a boundary where I can no longer talk about just 
the details of our reconciliation only because the lack of nuance online is sometimes astounding where if I say, you know, I've made this decision after setting boundaries, after getting wise counsel, after going to therapy, things that nobody knows, but I still made the decision, even though I can come online and say like, this is my marriage now, I would still get feedback that was like, well, what about a people and abusive things? And what about this? And what about that? And it was just like, I am not going to let strangers on the internet who are hurting, rightfully so, 100%. but I'm not going to take something that God has redeemed, like that I know without a that God has redeemed. And so that I've just shared less about my marriage. And even though I still have conversations with individuals online and like I'm walking through pe- through things with people offline who have gone through similar things, I realized that that's definitely like an intimate ministry. And that's something that can just get so lost in translation online. And I don't want, because I was, I was picking fights with my husband when it was like, we're not even beefing like that. And I, <laughs> you know, I let, you know, Miss Molly on the internet, like give me all riled up. And now I'm like, you know, it's just causing strife. And I just, that was like, I need to protect what God has redeemed by just like keeping it to myself, which is sometimes hard because I favorite story to tell sometimes of just like, look what God did. But it's a story that I can tell in other ways. Hey friend, have you ever wondered if you're doing it right? Have you wrestled with your own feelings of discontent or longing? Or have you ever wanted to believe that God has more in store for your life? You think there must be more and we think you're right. Here at Go and Tell Gals, we believe that your life is too short to feel stuck, that your God-given gifts are too impactful to lay dormant, and that the world is just too weary to keep wondering, what if there's more? So meet the map to more. It's a printed guide that will meet you right where you're at with journaling prompts, coaching strategies, scripture breakdown, and action steps designed to leave you feeling ownership and abundance in your own life. We don't think you have to change everything, move across the world, abandon your community, or become someone new to experience newness in your own life. But we also don't think that you have to feel like the days are just passing on a conveyor belt when you were created to live a life of wild abundance and adventurous leadership. It's time to define your path, clarify your calling, and make your next move. You were made for more. Are you ready to find yours? Visit goandtellgals.com or head to the link in the show notes for details or to order your own map to more. Now, back to more of this episode. And this is just an aside. It feels helpful to share now that we're here because a lot of our gals listening, a lot of our friends have platforms or may one day have platforms or just learn from people who have online platforms. But wouldn't you say, Sharia, I think something that people don't know is that you could actually be really fruitful in a worldly sense if you shared about that. I would say the same thing for me. You know, I would say another interesting one for me that I just will not touch is women in ministry. I just will not touch it. I am not anybody's pastor. I'm not anybody's theology teacher. Even if someone DMs me and says like, justify for me what you feel about women in ministry, I will almost say like, I can't. I love you, but like you, sh- I just can't. It's not my business what you think about it. Like, I no longer want to defend my place on it. I don't want to teach it. I don't want to convince anybody. I just don't even want to do it anymore. But I actually could put out a five week course tomorrow 
on why I think women should be in ministry. And it could be like worldly fruitful. It's probably the same as your marriage. You could put out an e-course, you could start a podcast, you could write a book, and it would actually serve a lot of people. But there's still wisdom in saying like, this thing is for me. I just feel like people need to hear that because a lot of times we think that helps a lot of people, you know, like, shouldn't we just, and like, still, sometimes the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it glorifies God more to just share about the gold and to not have to share about the fire and the fiery details. And sometimes it's okay to just be like, like our testimony, we sometimes focus our testimony so much on the pain and the things that have hurt us and like the gory stuff. And it's like, at the end of the day, the only reason why we're on the other side of really hard things, the only reason why we are who we are and we're able to, you know, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, the only reason why we're there is because of God. And so sometimes wisdom is leaving out those details because you know that it will allow God to be the main character in your story. And we are, as a culture, bent on making ourselves the main character of the story. And sometimes it's easy to kind of like, lack of better words, pimp out our pain in order to elevate ourselves and make it like, well, look at me. Like I was so self-sufficient and I did this and that and this. When it's like, at the end of the day, he's the main character. And if people aren't satisfied with that being the whole of your story, then unfortunately you're not going to be able to minister to them anyways. So it is wisdom. Okay. What I'm about to say is going to bridge to our next point, because I want you to know after you just share that, I think you may have one of the most like complex and complete's not the right word, but I'm very in awe of the way that you genuinely apply the gospel to people. That is a very like gospel applied way to look at even pain. Like I will not use my pain in this way. I will let God be the the center of the story. It just super encourages me. And I love how the gospel is rooted in so much of what you say and do. So which that leads me to want to talk about your recent reel about how not all people are toxic people because I'm in a place in my life that if I see one more post that has little red flag emojis on it and someone describes How I feel at this point is a red flag emoji post is a red flag to me. That's a red flag. If you are that confident in saying what is wrong with other people, I say red flag, red flag, red flag, (laughs) because we are all toxic and we all have red flags. So please, for the love of God, talk to us about this. You know, that is something that God had to walk me out of because I too was being receiving Instagram therapy, where I was calling everybody toxic, calling everything gaslighting. Like there's just terms that kind of make us feel justified in withholding the fruits of the spirit, like withholding, you know, things that God's called us to do. And that's my biggest issue with labels like toxic, right? People, when you, as soon as you label someone toxic, You are justifying distancing yourself from them, which there's a difference between boundaries and distance, right? But like distancing yourself from them and like not letting them be a recipient of the love of God through you. You're justifying like not operating in the fruits of the spirit towards that person. Essentially letting their sin, the way that their sin is manifesting, 
cause you to sin. And so I think that my biggest issue with calling everybody toxic or labeling people as toxic is, first of all, it's a lack of self-awareness of our own toxic habits and traits and behaviors that hurt other people. And it kind of elevates us. It kind of allows us to put our own selves on a pedestal where it's like, well, at least we're not toxic like them. At least we're not, you know, this and that. When it's like, at the end of the day, you can acknowledge that someone has is exhibiting harmful behavior, right? I can be like, your behavior is harmful. So I'm going to set a based on that acknowledgement. I'm going to take the action to set a boundary. But also you can still operate in the fruits of the spirit by having compassion enough and mercy enough for that person by not slapping a label over them. And so I, I just think that it's it takes more effort to see the person behind the behavior, but we don't always want to put in that effort. It requires very little of us to label someone as toxic, but it does take a lot of work, a lot of Holy Spirit work to acknowledge that, you know what, your behavior is harmful. I'm going to set up these boundaries, but I'm also still going to keep myself open to God allowing me to like show you mercy if you change. You know, I think that is so wise. It's this whole idea. We've actually talked about it on the podcast a handful of times. It's this whole idea that like, you know, people aren't stupid and we're also not completely binary in our emotions and our mental like capacity, but we treat people like they're stupid. And we also treat people like everything is like on or off. Yes or no. And the thing for me about like toxic people and the red flag situation and, and labeling, it's the same with the Enneagram, like how now all of a sudden it's really casual that we can say like, she's a healthy three or an unhealthy four. Like I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Who gets to decide who's healthy and who's not healthy and say it casually. And I'm, I'm talking to myself too, because Lord knows I'm complicit in this, but the other piece of it is that I think it does take this like more complex and intellectual and thoughtful and graceful thing to say, hey, you are loved by God. You are a much loved child of God. This way you're acting is not life-giving. I do not actually want to co-sign or be a part of it or consent to it. So I'm going to create this boundary. And still for me, the question of the like toxic situation is not just like our distance, between us and other people, but our perceived distance of other people and God. And I'm like, at the end of the day, are we all still at the foot of the cross? Are we all still the same? Do you think you're closer to the cross than she is? Do you think he's further in the back? Like we all still need God. And then the other question I've just been rolling around in my head a lot. And I think the internet just exacerbates this because obviously we all know that we talk about people and to people on the internet the way we would never speak to people in public. But my other question about this kind of like critical nature of talking about people online or criticizing them online, or even like calling them toxic online is don't we want to speak about and to people in a way that if they experienced wild renewal and repentance, that we would be able to have a soft face with them, that we'd be able to be like, I knew God was going to do that. Instead of being like, oh, I told you, you had to change. It's like Jonah all over again. You know, do we want to be Jonah sitting under the tree? Like, oh, are you really different? Like, even when we are able to say hard truths about like, 
people and groups of people and situations, you know, say like, this is not good. God wants better for you. And when you step into it, oh, I'm just going to be so happy and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there even, you know, maybe I won't be there. Maybe I'll draw a boundary. I don't know. I don't know. I just have so many thoughts about this and that real blessed my life so much because I feel like you lead so well in that. Thank you. Thank you. So grateful. I do feel that everything you said, it is hard. Okay. So let's say that right now I made you the president of the internet, which I wish I could personally, (laughs) but if I made you the president of the internet and I said, okay, Shreya, from now on, we're all going to have some new boundaries. You get to decide what they are. What boundaries would you set for content creators and or content consumers? Have you ever thought about this? Or am I the only weirdo? <laughs> You're just very thoughtful. I, okay, I think the boundary I would set is, I think kind of what we, we talked about earlier of just not feeling pressure to share all of the details in order to share like the other side. I think that we as a culture, I think even just, I would just speak to church culture, right? We've finally normalized, you know, suffering and going through hard things and like being honest about those things. But I think that the other side of that coin has been making that the main thing. And so it's like, we spent all this time, like, and then I did this and I went through this and we spent all this time just giving the narrative of the Valley that we don't allow ourselves to like actually sing the song of being on the mountaintop. And so I think that online, we just, we kind of diminish these mountaintop moments. We diminish our joy, we diminish the good things that have happened in our life. I think we're like, well, I don't want to offend. Like my friend is going through this. And so I don't want to share this because I don't want them to feel bad. When it's like the word talks about, you know, there's a time to rejoice or, you know, weep with those rejoice with those who rejoice. And it doesn't say it like weep with those who weep. And then you're going to rejoice with those who rejoice. It's like those things are simultaneously happening. Like in the body, we are, as I speak, someone is losing someone. As I speak, someone is getting a promotion. Like it's just that rhythm of the body. And so when we choose to only cling to one aspect of it or to deny one aspect of it, we're essentially like denying the gospel fully at work where we're able to enter people's suffering when the time is right, right? But we're also able to rejoice in what God is doing and knowing that that rejoicing is also doing the work in people's heart in the same way as our lamenting does the work in people's heart. And so that's the long way of saying like, share authentically and true to where you're at and don't feel pressured to kind of highlight things and highlight your pain when you're just in a really joyful season. And then so when you're in a really painful season, don't feel like you have to share all of those details because I'm going to tell you right now, the internet is not the place for every part of your story. Like your story is not meant, whoever's listening, like your story is not meant to be consumed. Your story is not content. Your story is not something that people are just supposed to swipe through on a story, you know, or a post. Your story is something very sacred. It's something that should be protected. It's something that should be treated and honored well. The best thing that you can do, the best boundary that you can set personally is like, how can I share my story with honor for what God has done and with honor for like me and even my family and people reading it, you know, because 
it's so easy to tell. Like there's things I would never talk about with my family because I'm like, I don't want them to read this and be like, um, why did you need to include me in this? You know, why did you need to speak about this way? So I think just like the discernment to know what to share and the like contending to just stay human online and not this like, you know, doing what everybody else is doing or pressure to be sad because everybody else is sad or even pressure to like pretend just really allowing the Holy Spirit to give you discernment on how to show up for people. Because if you are showing up and you're like, I'm showing up for people, this is as a creator, not a consumer, but I'm showing up for the people that God has given me in this space. It changes how you show up. If you're just showing like, I just want to get this off my chest or I just am going through this you're going to do just that. And you're going to have no concern with whoever you're bleeding all over or whoever you were. It's a good word. Okay. You gave a deep, good, beautiful boundary for content creators. I'm going to give a medium sized one and a small sized one. And by small, I do mean petty. And both of these are for consumers. And I only am going to touch on them because I've seen you touch on them and you've made me brave enough to share them. So one, you kind of already touched on this episode, my medium sized boundary that I would like to hand lovingly, openly to consumers. And that is what I'm saying is if you are a follower of anyone, of anyone, anywhere on any platform is what we talked about earlier in the episode, you you spoke about it, is this idea that someone's content needs to cover every single hole and every single basis and every single version. This has got to stop. I've actually started to think about like, making like a story that stays on my feed. That's like, please read this first where I say, this is one post. It is hopefully just a couple hundred words because I can be wordy. It will not be the complete gospel. It will not be the complete word on this subject. It does not hold every perspective, but I am the one sharing it. So, and also here's the thing. If you find yourself often commenting, like, but what about so-and-so or what about so-and-so or DMing somebody and saying like, but what about this? Have you thought about this? I'm lovingly saying that may actually be a sign that you need to post about that. That may actually be a God thing that you need to share your perspective because I don't have that perspective. So if I say like, I've decided to stop drinking dairy because it's not good for me. And you say, but what about the dairy farmers? I would say you may need to start an account about like supporting dairy farmers better. I think that that might be really good for you. Then my small thing, which some people might call petty, but I'm going to address it because I think I've seen you do this and I'm going to follow you. But lovingly, Listeners, I will tell you, and I'm guilty of it and I'm in it with you, but we need to grow and be be better in Jesus' name. If you can Google it, don't DM it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you were if on you can Google it, don't DM it. So for example, the other day I was trying to be generous and I was excited and I posted my recipe for bone broth. I'm not a food blogger. I do not pretend to be a food blogger. This is not my full-time business. I do not sell cookbooks, but I wanted to be nice because I think bone broth helps people. And so I posted my recipe of bone broth and I think I got 30 at least DMs that said, can you tell me the benefits of bone broth? Why do you drink bone broth? And I, so I just want to say, just consider if you can Google it, because the thing is for many years, and I know Sharia, you have probably fallen prey to this. For many years, what I did is I would Google it and copy it and paste it into my DMs because I love y'all. But that is not loving anybody in my life well, <laughs> including me. <laughs> Those were maybe a little petty. <laughs> that's, that's a good word. That is a good word. I think there is this misconception that like 
and this is this is is petty, but like if you have a K next to you know the amount of followers that you have, that you're automatically like an expert of all of the things. And we are truly not. We are very much human beings trying bone broth because we want to try it. And we actually do not know the benefits. Like and just went with it. And it might have been bad. It might have been a bad one. I'm not sure. A hundred and ten percent, a hundred we are not experts. I am an expert at being awkward, and that is it. That's what I tell people all the time. It's like the one thing you can count on me every day. I don't, I need a college level class to figure out how to open the door for someone because somehow every time I try to open the door for someone, I walk through it first. I just don't think that's God's best for me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Every time I try to open the door for someone, I, uh, my bad, sorry. And I walk through. That's what I'm the expert of. I should open an account about that. Okay. Lastly, we love you. We bless you. You guys, if you are not following Sharia, it is it is time. You need this wisdom in your life. She has so much more coming. How can we just be praying for you and, and encouraging you in this season as you do the beautiful work to stay soft and encourage us to stay soft? I am working on a book proposal. I'm working on just, you know, being a mom and living mommy life. So I think just like that, God would give me the wisdom as I expand like my capacity, because I know that I'm able to, I know that he's calling me to. It's just sometimes I fear that like I can't grow. And so prayer that like he will direct this growth in this new season. We're so excited. We love you. We bless you. Thank you so much for being on today. Hey gals, Hens here from Team Go and Tell Gals. Want to enter a fun giveaway? If you've been listening to and loving the podcast, leave us a review or share about the Go and Tell Gals podcast on your Instagram. Then head to the link in our show notes to officially enter the giveaway right now through the end of February. We will be giving away an item from our shop of your choice. We are so grateful that you found us and are thankful for your help in reaching more women on mission. Have you guys seen that funny reel on Instagram that says, hey, how can I support your small business? And then someone says, tell your friends to roll up. Well, this is me asking you to tell your friends to roll up. And by that, I mean, if this podcast has blessed you, if this episode has encouraged you, will you share it for us? You could text it to two or three friends. You could post it on social media. Honestly, if you would leave a review, it would bless our socks off. We are here to serve you. And we have created this resource of the podcast absolutely just to come alongside you and give you a free resource that you can access as often as you need to, to be encouraged. We pray it has done just that. And if it has, yeah, tell your friends to roll up. We love you, friends. Mm -hmm.